0: You're listening to a podcast of Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To your previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB
1: Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning, and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking, and I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. And today we are going to talk about something a little bit different than New Year's resolutions. My question to you is, are you an optimist or a pessimist? Do you have someone in your life who's exhausting with their perpetual optimism or maybe that perpetual pessimism, and you don't know how to handle it? do you think that optimism is the same thing as being positive and pessimism is the same thing as being negative? There really are some differences. Here's another question. Do you think optimists are born or are they bred? So if you are an optimist, are there times when maybe – you find it's not working for you. Um, There is some evidence out there that you might not need to be just optimistic all the time. You might need to leave that mode because it might not be the best way to be. So... Um, I'd love for you to join in the conversation as we talk about this, about maybe that perpetual optimist or the the fact that you have trouble being positive in this time. So Happy New Year to all of you. Let's hope that 2022 is a calmer year for us all. I know everybody's concerned with COVID-19 and the negative start that we've had, but Um, Probably time for us to talk about some of the positive things that can happen. I do want you all, um, all of you listeners, uh, to wish you a happy and healthy and successful coming year. And you've probably heard, like I said, a lot about New Year's resolutions, but today I really do want to add a twist to that. I want to talk about the way you approach your year, not what you've resolved to do, but how you approach whatever you've resolved to do and how that can affect how the new year works for you, because it can. So, again... Do you think that you tend to be um, positive even when you're in trying situations or do you find yourself immediately assuming some of the worst Um, or do you have someone around you who does that? So, listeners, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some of this as we're moving along. But feel free to jump into the conversation anytime you're ready. That number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to family at org. So... Let's start a little bit first about some of the definition of what I'm talking about, okay? Optimism is um, both a personality trait and the product of your environment. So it's not one or the other. But one thing that we do know is that probably only – and and I'll, this is what the scientists say. I can't tell you how they arrived at this um, – But this is kind of the way people have uh, approached it. About 25% of optimism is probably inborn. Some people are just a little bit more positive about things. Whereas the other 75% may truly be um, a model of what they are around, of how they were raised, uh, about how um life was approached from those nurturers so probably much more nurturing than nature is the the reason we end up more um, an optimist or a pessimist so if you think about it when the home atmosphere has an atmosphere that's relaxed and loving and everybody's thinking positive things then um, children tend to become something that is a bit more positive but when the home environment is filled with um, tense individuals who are upset or perhaps frustrated, who perhaps um, overblow a situation so that if something happened, then it's always the worst thing that's ever happened, then you are likely going to be involved in a more negative type situation, right? So more of a pessimist. So if you tend to default to the negative it's not always that your childhood is to blame. But, um, like I said, um, it, it could be that somewhat that has happened. So the other thing that I want to make sure um, we think about as we're stepping through this is that many people may equate optimism with happiness, Um, And that's not always so. Um, While one can breed the other, they aren't the same. So optimists are usually pegged as those who only see the positive in every situation. That's really not the way it goes. And so uh, I think what we need to do is to try to break this down and talk more about um, optimism uh, what it looks like, and then the difference in being a positive individual and just an op- optimistic person. But we've got some early callers, so I'm going to go first to, I believe, Marvin in Hattiesburg. Hi, Marvin. Thanks for calling in.
2: Hi, Dr. Brothers. Hi. I appreciate your programming. Thank you. Um, I'd, I'd like to – this is something that uh, – I have discussed with friends uh, quite a bit Um, and there's a there's another term I'd like to introduce and it's realist
1: okay Uh, ah yes
2: so so there's I, I see optimism or an optimistic person not necessarily as someone that is just always trying to look at you know the bright side of things or put on a happy face but it's someone that, you know, faces adversity or challenges with a realist um, view or perspective and then tries to find solutions uh, mm-hmm. to challenges and, and, and issues that might arise. So, you know, that's, uh, that's just something I'd like to uh, comment. Uh, so thank you very much for the
1: opportunity. Marvin, you brought up something that actually is definitely something I wanted to bring up. So thank you for doing that. So realistic optimism is is one of those discussion points that we need to step through. Unrealistically optimistic sometimes can be dangerous. It can interfere with... really having success or doing the right thing, and it can also lead to significant disappointment because if you're unrealistically optimistic, like, okay, let me give you a a really simple example um, that's going on right now. I'm a healthy person, I take good vitamins, I do the right thing, I exercise, I don't have any preconditions that, that make me concerned about my health. And so I'm not going to get the vaccine for the COVID-19. <laughs> I'm just bringing it up because I hear this a lot. I'm not going to get it because I take such good care of myself. I can handle it if I do. And that is, that's unrealistic optimism. We know um, now with data over the last couple of years that that's not true. So um, another example might be um, I'm smart. I don't have to study for a test. Um, Even though this is a lot of knowledge, I think I can scrape by just with my brilliance. Uh, A lot of times people fail a test because they think they can scrape by with their brilliance. Okay? Unrealistic optimism. All right. Well, um I appreciate Marvin you starting us off. We're going to now go to Brother Daniel in Pascagoula. Hi. <laughs> Hi, brother.
3: What's up, mama? What's up? Happy New Year's to you. That's right. You are still the mother of Mississippi. You are representing the magnolia. You know what I'm saying? I, I want I want I want Mississippians to listen. You know, I I I've watched the the optimism and I watched the the opposite
1: mm-hmm. here in
3: Mississippi. I see the the looks on people's face. Mom, we're tired with all that bigotry, the hate, of uh, the fighting over the vaccine. The because of the both parties. That's why I already said I wish there wasn't two parties. I wish it was one nation. But you know it's going to be that way for a while until people start realizing there's one God. There's not two gods. See what I'm saying? And we got to, as Mississippians, we see the world going the way that we don't want to go back to. We don't need the the hate and the violence and the different things because 10% want it their way or nothing at all. Hmm. I, I feel that now we're understanding how important. I didn't want to take the vaccine, but as a soldier, Army soldier, listen to Army soldiers, veterans, you know better. You know our rule. We're supposed to take care of the nation, whether we're in uniform or not. And we're in a situation where now we've lost so many loved ones because we were hard-headed. God says, you know, God teaches us that we must humble ourselves. Even though sometimes we might not like how authority handles itself, we must follow and hope that God provide us with an antidote For our future,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I I hear you, and I think um, I think what you're trying to 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 tell us, brother Daniel, is that you know it's it's good to be optimistic, but you have to be realistic. Is like we talked about, and and if we're going to be realistic, then we have to make sure that if we want things to be a certain way, that we step toward that and do the things that we need to do to make sure that they are a certain way. And this is probably I, I appreciate what you're saying. This is probably a good time for us to take our first break and and when we come back we'll talk a little bit more about exactly what I'm talking about. If we are if we want to have a good year, how can we preset that to happen? How can we be realistically optimistic. So, Stephen in Boonville is waiting. When we come back, Stephen, we want to hear from you about your thoughts about optimism or pessimism or realism or whatever we're talking about. I also want to get into positive and negative thinking. So, um, stay with us, listeners. We'll be right back. We've got some open lines. You can call 1877 MPB ring. That's 1 18776727464. You can send an email to family at MPBonline.org. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Children grow and change so fast, it's important to help them build the strong foundations they need to help develop lifelong skills and succeed in school. Whether it's singing songs in the car or counting steps while walking to the mailbox, there are many ways to help young children learn new skills and reach new developmental milestones. Even before they can talk, babies can make connections and respond to adults' words, sounds, and facial expressions by clapping, waving, or smiling back at them. Not only is it fun, but it's important to talk, read, and sing with children. More at MississippiThrive.com.
3: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: Welcome back and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress and we are talking about optimism and pe- pessimism and positive and negative thinking and how we can be reality based when we do any of this. So. Um, you know, like I said earlier, many equate optimism with happiness, and that's really not the truth. Um, if you are too optimistic and you end up being repeatedly disappointed because you weren't based in reality, then it can increase anxiety and depression. So, you know, what we want to do is make sure we look at what is really going on around us, look at it positively, and then figure out what we need to do next to make sure that we have a good outcome. So, okay, we're going to go back to the phones. We have Steve and Boonville. Steve, thanks for waiting.
4: Thank you for having me. Happy New Year to you both. Thank you. Um, I want to uh, center my comments around one, one word, that is, balance, because uh, for years I have heard many people say from different sources, you know, opposites attract. (laughs) Well, (laughs) my marriage is a prime example of that. That doesn't mean it's all pretty or all ugly, but we couldn't come from more opposite poles from the backgrounds we grew up in. By the grace of God and His blessing, we're about to celebrate 44 years of marriage.
0: Wow. But congrats. Boy,
4: boy, thank <laughs> um, Has that really been a discovery on both our parts of, of seeing, uh, from my perspective, seeing why my wife has been so negatively minded? It took me a long time and enough time being around her parents to see why she had such a pessimistic, negative outlook on life, and I haven't thrown my my opposite side of that in her face, but I am so grateful to God that I've been able to discover this about her, why she sees through such negative pessimism, because of the rearing she had, Mm -hmm. her just a lot of disappointment uh, she witnessed in her family, the struggles they went through, and whenever I would bring up something positive or something I would be excited about in front of them, the first responses that I would hear from both her parents Was just everything that could go wrong with it Mm. everything that could go wrong with it and i quickly began to understand why my wife was seeing the world and and life the way she was Mm -hmm. on on my side just the opposite my i grew up with a paraplegic father who successfully fathered four children plus another one that wasn't his with a mother who grew up in palmer orphanage as an orphan and they were two of the most positive people mm-hmm. I can remember in my life, just overcoming the, the challenges that faced them. And I, I realized what they left in me as, as a legacy of, of being able to see the world through not not unrealistic positivity, but possibility. Mm-hmm. Yes, it can happen. And if it doesn't, then be prepared for something else that, that we can adjust to. We need to be flexible. We, I, I believe that we need to be positive but realistic in everything we look at and be compassionate to those around us who are struggling, who are not seeing the world uh, through positive eyes. And a lot of it has to do with experience or what they have witnessed in their lifetime that has pounded so much influence into them that it, it's become a struggle for them to see enough positivity to to want to keep moving forward we've got to be compassionate
1: right right oh steve you brought up um several good points and in fact you used a word that that i i have that i wanted to use as we move forward and that's the flexibility piece um because you know that that cautious or realistic optimism is is really wonderful but to be flexible and and to be able to realize like i think you were implying that if if you were optimistic for example that something was going to work out and you are realizing that it really is not, to have the flexibility, the ability to readjust to that and to accept it and reassess and know what to do next. Those are those steps that if someone is unrealistically optimistic, um, they don't do. And that's why many times you fall into the realm of extreme disappointment. Um you know Steve I also I, I, you you made my other point that that some of um, that optimism or pessimism may be inbred. She could have been born with it your wife and maybe that's why your pa- her parents were negative people to some degree, but only a small portion it's that modeling to to be around it all the time so. My question to you, because it sounds like after 41 years of marriage and your, your positivity that sounds reality-based, um, do you feel like your wife has changed a bit in her, her views and that sometimes that negative thinking doesn't win over?
4: I do because of some of the responses I now get from her after all those years. She looks to me when I bring something up, and she starts to think of, of things that she, she would have normally thought negatively, but she sees, she sees, I think she sees reality in what I'm talking about, and um, having gone through some years in the Air Force, she, she, we both were in the Air Force, and we agreed that what we were seeing was a well-oiled machine. How the Air Force works is through Plan A or plan B or plan C. If this falls through, be ready for this. Mm -hmm. If this falls through, be ready for this. And it's a flexibility and a preparation. And when I brought things up to her that she would normally um, in our early years have responded negatively to, she's starting to think more along the lines of, but it could be possible that this could happen or we could possibly try this. So yes, it has been an influence on her And, and to me, She's she's been an influence on me in, in the way that I'm understanding more of, of why she has felt so much disappointment and discouragement in wanting to try to achieve something because of so much she had witnessed growing up, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. we've been a real, I think we've been a real good balance toward each other that has really helped us last this many decades, Mm -hmm. and I know it's by the grace and love of God that it's happened. I appreciate her so much in a deeper way now than, than I ever thought.
1: Oh Steve, what a what a wonderful thing to say about a partner for that many years. And and that's what we all hope is that you grow we you grow with that partner and that you each lend something positive to the other. And um so I uh, you know as I, I was listening to you, uh, you were being so kind and um deferential to your in-laws in in saying that, you know, they, they did have a lot of disappointments. Now, what I'd love to do is to hear from some individuals who feel like that there are individuals that they know out there, who perhaps really didn't have that incredibly wonderful, perfect life, but they still view life positively and in a more optimistic manner. I know there are people out there, and I'd love to hear about... so. So if there were adversities and you overcome those adversities, or maybe if they really did affect your life, how did you remain positive? I'd like to hear some stories about that because you know, I know there are plenty of people out there who have reason to have that negativity or that pessimistic attitude. And, and Steve, you kind of pointed out, too, Two points. It's not just having a pessimistic attitude, but the negative thinking that piles on. So you think, mm, I'm not very smart, so I'm not going to do very well in that test. Okay. And then, um, so you've already preset the fact that you're likely not going to do very well in that test because you probably won't put your best effort into it, and I mean that can that can be spread across almost any point in life if you preset a negative outcome then then it kind of is a self fulfilling prophecy right and so you have to be careful that if you fall into that pessimistic negative thinking all the time it may really be the reason that the failure continues to happen because you're not looking at it in a positive manner. And I'm not saying, Steve, that that's what happened to your in-laws. There might have been real adversity that was just really monumental to overcome. But it's something that we have to remember that um, you want to make sure that you're not, you're not presetting failure by the negative thinking, right?
4: What has also helped me I'll I'll make this quick. What also helped me through the years is learning to recognize what I call nuggets from God. When someone out of the blue would say just the right thing when I needed to hear it. Mm. And it became a treasure in that moment. And I've held onto those things and passed some of those things on to my wife and my kids and, and there's a, there was a reason I was in the right place at the right time to hear that person speak those words. They're treasures.
1: I love that. Nuggets from God. Um, I like that. Those positive things. And, you know, I, I've talked about those stories on this show before where someone— said or did something that really wasn't very big. But like you just said, it was at the right place at the right time, and it was just what someone else needed. So um, go, I I think if I can say anything to our listeners, get out there and give some of those nuggets to people. I love that, Steve. (laughs) Thank you so much for your call. You added a lot to the show, as I always say. All right, we've got open lines. We're going to go to our next break, but call in and join the conversation about positive and negative thinking, optimism, and pessimism. Give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. Sue in Beaumont, wait for us. We'll be right back. The entire foundation of your child's brain is being built in the first five years of life. This construction is strengthened through the child's interactions with others. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. The good news is you have what it takes to be a brain builder. Learn more at MississippiThrive.com.
3: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: Welcome back and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Liz Gill today. And we're talking about optimism and pe- pessimism, positive and negative thinking. And um, I'll just give you a little piece um, that came from a fairly recent study. People with the most pessimistic expectations had a 22% reduction in their long-term sense of well-being. That's pretty bad, right? Um, and you, But you would think um, – you could figure out as to why right if you're chronically thinking negatively and chronically down and sad about something then those feel-good hormones those endorphins and that dopamine and serotonin that are so those neurochemicals that are so necessary in um, making you happy aren't going to be there So this is really an important conversation to try to make ourselves, set ourselves to be positive thinkers rather than negative thinkers and that have that realistic optimism out there, not unrealistic. Okay, we're going to go back to the phones. We have Sue and Beaumont who's been patient. Hi, Sue. Thanks for calling. Good morning. How are you? (laughs) Great. Thanks.
5: Well, you know, I have an opinion about all that. Pessimism and optimism. I think there ought to be a category of people for people who are not pessimists and who are not optimists, but realist. I call myself a realist. I'm mm-hmm. kind of in the middle of both because real realism is is a hard, cold world out there, and I, I just don't see. I just can't understand optimists <laughs> because and happiness. Happiness is a fleeting thing. People should strive for contentment. Contentment is being content with what you have and your your life and not expect to be ha <laughs> with happiness. Every minute, to me, happiness is like jolliness. And that's not real life. That's not real life. I'm a realist, and when you're a realist, you see things as they really are. <laughs> yeah. And there's not much to be really happy about.
1: Well, I, I, I hear you, Sue. And, you know, that's interesting. I was talking to my daughter on the way to the show, and she I asked me what I was doing, and I told her. Of this topic and I said so are you an optimist or a pessimist honey and she said hmm I think I'm in the middle I may be a realist and, and so she was directly quoting you and I you know I, I hear what you're saying um Sue that that the realism is probably a better way to seat yourself but so I'm going to push back um you know you and I every now and then have a conversation about something where we don't 100% agree push back just a little bit there are some positive things out there um and yes there there are plenty of negative that we could bring up but don't you think there's some positive things about our world right now some beauty that's out there that that we need to keep remembering to to point out
5: well I do i I get pleasure from just from nature from yeah from i I live in a place where it's quiet. I can see the full moon out of my kitchen window and I enjoy mm. looking at that. It's just it's nature that I, that makes me not happy but feel contented mm-hmm. but real- realistically that there's not much to be happy about, not really. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I hear you, but see, you did point out the beauty of nature that that is there. And if we make ourselves just be quiet and be still, a lot of people have trouble appreciating anything like that because they don't know how to be quiet and be still and just just see it and absorb it. And I like your term contentment. Because that is a better sense of well-being than to, to be hilariously laughing at one moment and then not at another. But to, to feel serene and content, I think, is, is a good place to be, Sue. So.
4: Oh, I always
5: feel, uh, <clears throat> when I'm around somebody who is an optimist, they make you feel good. And I, I enjoy being around optimists, although I know that's not the way the world really is. The world really—you have to. If you're realist, you—you you can't be. I don't think you can be an optimist. That's just my opinion.
1: Yeah. Oh well. That's I'd like to hear from other listeners about that. Um, You as long as you are a realistic optimist, you can you can think positively, but you you have to make sure that the optimism that you are feeling about something is based in reality, because if it's not based in reality, you're going to be disappointed a lot. Right. Right. Well, thanks, Sue, for that. I think you you kind of grounded us. I like the word contentment. That's a good one. So,
5: And realist.
1: And realist, right. All right. <laughs> We're going to stay on the phones. Ruby's been waiting from Kentwood, Louisiana. Hi, Ruby. Good, ma'am. How are
0: you?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for calling. Well,
0: thank you for being there for us.
1: Absolutely. Tell us what your thoughts are on this topic.
0: Well, I have been accused of being an eternal optimist. (laughs) But in reality, I believe that I am optimistic and real at the same time. Mm -hmm. And how I hold on to that is with faith. I don't understand how I put it together, but I got two pints of blood in 1998. Before I got that blood, I was very afraid, but I prayed and I asked God to send somebody that would be a sign for me to know. And of all the doctors who were with me in the hospital, the doctor who came in the middle of the night was the same doctor who came the next morning to give me the blood. And there was my faith, the same faith I used before I got the COVID vaccine. I had been very ill and people were asking me and naturally it was a conversation all around. We were listening to you and everybody that was with you on the show. And I said, as soon as I see a doctor that is involved that I'm familiar with, that I trust, then I'm going to know that it's okay. And I did see that doctor on TV who had been in my case with the two pints of blood. Mm. And I got the vaccine, both shots after that. I got a really, really, really bad cold. Was really, really sick for four days, and I knew that being optimistic and real at the same time was the right thing to do
1: Great. with faith. Great, Ruby. I I like that. Yeah, it it sounds like um, you just have uh, uh, the correct attitude about this. Is um, like you said being optimistic but being realistic and having faith that things will whoever that god is whoever um your your person that you look up to is that you have faith that things will work out in the way that they should now there is something that i think we need to make sure as we're talking through this sometimes having having faith that things will work out doesn't necessarily mean that things will work out the way we think they should, right? Um, and so to to try, we had that word that came up from one of our callers earlier, to try to be flexible and to realize that there might be a time when you need to pivot. Um, you know, to be optimistic that that this trip is going to work out and to to be absolutely certain or for example what's continues to happen now is that a marriage is going to happen on a particular date or i just got an email from a friend who had been planning this wonderful meeting um four months and she just emailed me and said we're gonna have to cancel. We've looked at it. The numbers of COVID have gone up so much we're gonna we're gonna cancel it. But um at the same time she optimistically and positively said you know, we'll reschedule it. We really appreciate the dedication everybody had for this and went on to sum it up in a more positive manner that flexibility that she didn't put in the email that this was devastating and nothing ever works out she just pivoted and said we'll change it the same thing happen- has happened to a lot of brides who have and grooms who have wanted to get married and they've had to either pivot to a smaller wedding um, delay the wedding, uh, change the venue. There's been a lot going on. So that that trying to be positive, trying to stay flexible, but to be reality-based is where we need to be in this coming year. And so, you know, I think we can even talk about this as we move along um in, in the format of resolutions. I said we weren't going to talk about New Year's resolutions. But but if you think about it, as, as you make one or as you resolve that you're going to do something this year, um, it's more likely to be successful if, one, you're convinced you can do it, uh, two, that you reach out for what you need to help you do it, and then three to to have the resolve and the positive thinking that allows you to move forward and then be flexible if you have to be flexible to maybe tweak it or change it a little bit so um Ruby thanks for that call I, you um I think you made some great points and having faith sometimes faith in whatever faith in that person faith in yourself faith in the situation sometimes um can can take you over that leap all right, we're going to go to our final break, and we have all open lines now. So please join in the conversation about optimism and pessimism. Give us a call one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's 877-672-7464. You can send an email to family at Online dot org. Um, when you come back, we'll talk a little bit more about. So how can you set yourself to be one of those positive thinkers? Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Parents are a child's first teacher. Children make connections to the growing world around them through back and forth interactions. Parents and other caregivers can help children learn communication and social-emotional skills by talking, reading, and singing each day. More information at MississippiThrive.com.
3: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
1: Welcome back, and thanks for listening. Thanks for staying with this show. Um, Today, we've had a great conversation about optimism, pessimism, um, positive and negative thinking, reality-based thinking, and then flexibility. So... In the last few minutes of the show, like I said, we have um, open lines. Feel free to jump in. But we're going to be talking about um, ways to train yourself to be optimistic. We had a earlier caller who talked about um His wife, who was more of a pessimist and he was more of an optimist, and they both kind of shifted a little to the center, which I think happens often when two people are together. Um, Hopefully, they give the best to each other, right? Um, But optimism can be a learned trait. Um, Just because you lived around pessimism or negativism all your life uh, doesn't mean that you have to stay that way. So there are some a few positive things that you can do to help yourself. So one, the first is to t- to try to put more of a positive lens on things. Instead of thinking about always the worst-case scenario, make yourself shift the perspective more sort of in the center. Think More happy thoughts. It's good to think about what might happen if things work out the way they would or should Um, to try to push back those really negative thoughts like the I can't do it or I'm just a terrible test taker so there's no way I can do well on this. Or there's no way I can win this race because I've never won a race. You know, instead of saying that, say, hopefully I can beat my time Um, or something like that instead of immediately thinking the the negative. So make a, a conscious effort. Um, that sort of shifts your viewpoint at least into something that is a more positive reality-based. The other thing, and this is a bit hard, um, is to take note of the company that you keep. If there is someone who is always negative, who always thinks of the worst— then perhaps you need to talk to that individual about it. Or maybe if you feel like there's no change that you can make, perhaps you may need to distance yourself a little from that individual because that negativity can really be contagious. It can be um, very difficult to deal with. Okay, before I give you another tip, I want to make sure we get to our last caller. We have Rick in Gulfport. Hi, Rick. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for jumping in. Tell us your thoughts.
4: My thoughts. Benjamin Franklin wrote an essay years and years ago, obviously, on the benefits of being a pessimist.
1: I have seen that. Talk to us about it. Yeah,
4: what he said was the opposite is constantly expecting the best. The best rarely happens, so the optimist is generally disappointed. But the pessimist, like the optimist, is constantly expecting the worst. The worst, like the best, also rarely happens, so the pessimist is generally delighted. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know my father um, was a bit like that he was a wonderful wonderful person but he he did sometimes think about negative outcomes and he was a successful man but I think he maybe was thinking a little like Benjamin Franklin maybe I wasn't going to be as disappointed if something didn't work out if I didn't think it would um, so I I like that Rick is that the way you live?
4: Um generally I just kinda of take life as it comes. I hope for the best, but when the best doesn't happen, I just kinda of deal with it as it comes.
1: So see, that's reality based flexibility. You're 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 there. So and I bet Benjamin Franklin was like that because he certainly was somebody who achieved all kinds of amazing oh. things. So but thanks for that quote. I love that, Rick. Thanks for calling. Um yeah so uh, I'm going to give you a couple more tips about trying to ha- be more more positive and you know again I I think perpetual optimism and always um thinking that Everybody is the best and is going to do the best, and everything will turn out is is not reality based and probably not healthy because, like apparently Benjamin Franklin thought um, that you know if you thought too optimistically all the time, you were perpetually disappointed, and that 's probably true that's why it's really important to to stay within reality for your positive thinking. So a couple of other uh, just hints on trying to get yourself in a more positive light and, and not being such the pessimist. Turn off the news sometimes. If it's really making you feel down and you feel like the world's coming to an end, turn it off. Don't Don't listen for a little while. The other thing you can do is is make yourself sit down and journal. I, you've heard me talk about journaling before for many things, going through a grief process, going through some difficult times in your life. But it's also very good to sit down and make yourself write down good stuff that happened. Perhaps, like Sue mentioned earlier on the show, the beauty of the nature. Um, I saw a gorgeous moon, or I saw an incredible sunrise, or there was a beautiful bird um, in the tree. I've not seen that kind of coloring before. So to try to journal those real positive things, because it can make you um, sort of shift things into a more positive fashion. And then maybe the final piece that I need to remind us about so that we are based in reality is to to really acknowledge what you can do, to honestly acknowledge what you can do or achieve and what you cannot and what you cannot control because there you can't control everything. So you can't make a positive outcome for everything. But what you can, try to fashion it so that you make sure you're giving your full effort to it and not giving up before you should, because of negative thinking, so that can that can help a lot. and then you know, obviously, um like Ben Franklin and other callers have mentioned, um, it's okay to acknowledge the negative. There are some times when the negative is reality, and it's okay to look at it but be be determined that if there is negative out there that you will you will be able to make through it get through it you will be able to be flexible and things will work out in the long run that it is not something that is the mark of failure and nothing will ever get better because then you start getting into that very very negative thinking okay So, in summary, um, reality, realistic optimism is the way we want to be, and we need to be flexible, right, and make sure that we allow ourselves to pivot. So, thanks, everybody, for your calls and for listening, and if you'd like to hear this show again or any of our past episodes, you can listen to the podcast on your favorite podcast app by searching Southern Remedy, Relatively Speaking. This show is a production of MPB Think Radio, engineered by the great Liz Gill. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Our call screener was the great Kevin Farrell. I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking, and stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio.